Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. GM Zinger Nation. My name is Logan, and this is Moon or Bust, your home for all things altcoins and DeFi. Today, we got some crazy NFT stuff going on like you would not believe, uh, and we're going to be breaking some crazy, crazy news. Uh, Ryan, are you excited? I am so excited for this. Me too, man. Let's just get right into it. So first topic of the day is the hash masks uh, and OpenSea censoring them, delisting them uh, for trolling Citibank. So we have with us Bowtie Narwhal here today. Uh, he is the community leader of the hash masks project. Welcome to Moon or Bust. How you doing? Hey, thank you for having me on. And, you know, just want to clarify, like I'm part of the MassDAO, right? Uh, the, the core team that leads the community uh, for HashMass. So thank awesome. you for having me on. Yeah, it's our pleasure. So this is some huge news. Uh, OpenSea censoring the blockchain. I mean, we thought OpenSea was supposed to be decentralized, right. uh, but it turns out Citibank apparently has been pulling some strings, which I really don't like so the the concept behind hash masks they were one of the first projects that allowed the owners of the nft to change the title and it would actually update on the blockchain so a bunch of these hash hash masks they had clown pictures uh, and so people started scooping them up and renaming the clowns to these big banks just to troll them right uh, so, you know, these were becoming the most valuable ones. They were really, really upsetting all of the big banks. Uh, but today it's gone to a new level. OK, so uh, a couple of the ones that were they're named after Citibank. They were trolling Citibank. OpenSea just took them off of their website. They completely delisted them. Uh, and, and Narwhal, tell us about what's going on. What are the implications? How is the community feeling about this? Well, well, the clowns are pissed, right? But, but obviously, <laughs> the funny, the hilarious thing about it is that like the troll actually worked, right? Like they're so pissed that their prestige is basically out the window with the clown picture for their, you know, named after their prestigious bank is is on OpenSea. Um, you know, specifically with clowns, like you know, it, it's it's a movement that has legs because I think a lot of people can get behind the the kind of uh, you know, uh, messaging of like banks are zeros. Specifically, we know since Web3 is going to, you know, basically rule out the middlemen. But, you know, really this this kind of came to head. Um, you know, sources say, right, sources say that they're working on IPO and then maybe that maybe City is working on IPO. Um, you know, obviously wow. it's just rumors, uh, but like there's just no, nothing to prove that, you know, who said what, like, did city reach out and have them delisted um but like they have been on like for a long time so like why now right um yeah so, so here's your tweet here you want to you want to break it down yeah sir so like so like you know it's just a, a famous kind of like quote right like first they ignore you then they laugh at you then then they fight you and then you win right so mm -hmm. uh these are the three uh different clowns that have been delisted from OpenSea, and the only way that they can get listed back right, uh, is as if they change their name. Now, you know, <laughs> we have other people that have uh, basically changed other names to like shitty bank, <laughs> right? That's not copyrighted. Uh, like you can't right. take us down for that. 
Um, and there's there's more like unique ones as well. Like uh, there's there's been obviously it's just because of the hash mass and their you know NCT uh, naming mechanism on the blockchain that can't be censored. But like at the end of the day, right? Like TradFi has still found a way to censor decentralized artwork on the blockchain, right? And and, and they did it through OpenSea. And so it makes sense that. Um, you know, we all thought that OpenSea was decentralized, but clearly they're not. They're centralized. So somebody reached mm -hmm. out, someone, someone big um, reached out and had these delisted and we're pissed about it. So we're going to make noise about it. Man, that's crazy. Ryan, what are you thinking about this situation? This is crazy. I'm wondering, Bowtie, do you think that these NFT owners are going to be switching the names or do you think they're going to hold strong and maybe list it somewhere else or wait for like Coinbase NFTs platform to come out? Well, I think right, Coinbase. Like, if you think about it, right? If 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 we're like these 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 like centralized uh, uh, firms, uh, especially Coinbase, like, don't you think they're gonna kind of do the same thing? Like, they're gonna bend the knee to whoever kind of reaches out to them. So, you know, I think the the key about this is we're trolling them, and they can't do anything about it, and they're pissed, and they're they're having to like jump through hoops to like censor us. The 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 main message, which is they can't stop this, right? Just like the genies out the bottle with crypto, you cannot stop this. Like, like we're literally using art to protest troll banks and they can't do anything about it. That's yeah, awesome. I think that that's a, a beautiful concept behind hash masks. And one of the reasons I'm so excited about it, um, real quick, if there's anybody out there who hasn't heard of hash masks before, do you want to just give us like a generic uh, overview of the project? Sure. So like hash masks is basically a collection of 16,084 pieces really what they were trying to do is and and honestly uh you know if you look at what the history of of this project has been like they were the first one to launch this year uh on the 28th not one of the first but like the first to like really kick it off like there's a lot of projects that have taken in like inspiration from this project um but but what the founders did is they basically got a, like 70 different artists worldwide they haven't been released yet the names um, but they essentially got an algo and like mixed some of the pieces that they touched by hand or whatever, and then generated them. So it's a mix of man and machine. Uh, it's not just very of art. And also it was like the first one to really reach like this genre of like traditional art and, um, and, and the digital art, the NFT world. It's like, it has like, this project has the, the, the highest probability of breaching like a bridge, bridge between traditional art and NFTs. Um, so this is, what it what, what basically was about but innovation of the project and the founders is not only the collaboration of artists and then the generative work is the nct so the 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 most rarest trait that you can give these is the name like if i take elon musk and elon musk wants to buy something in this collection and he's after himself he has to buy my art piece so it has like mm -hmm. a certain layer of like gamification to it in terms of mysteries and complexities that it has versus like a regular kind of PFP project, which you know, the utility is either driven by the community or the artwork itself. And the fact that you can use it as your profile picture where in this community, uh, you know, there's, there's just so many things that you can go around it, but the angle for traditional art world and, and this, and obviously using it for protesting or trolling uh, uncensorable is, is the, the, the biggest um, advantage that this project has and why it's kind of has historical significance. 
Yeah, and we linked up at Scope uh, at Art Basel Miami, and I think that there was a lot of interest in the project. Uh, you know, just seeing them on the wall, a lot of the the more art and non NFT people were interested in them. Um, so it does do a good job at, at bridging the traditional art and the NFT space. Um, but besides that, some of the coolest things, uh, in my opinion, about hash masks are one that the names are one of one. So if you name yours Citibank, no one else can name it that, right? You have to. Uh, buy that one at that point if you want to claim the name. So it's kind of like ENS domains uh, in a sense yep. that they're rare in that aspect. And I also like the fact that the 70 artists who helped to make this project uh, are not yet revealed. And, and, and like, say, a couple of years down the road, uh, you know, the um, they, they become revealed and they're these crazy big artists uh, that were, they were you know, low-key the whole time. That could add a lot of value to the project later for on. For sure, for sure. And that's the whole, you know, kind of, uh, sell to the project, which is if you do the work, you know, you're going to get rewarded, right? Like that's the whole premise in terms of figuring out like which backgrounds and which masks were done by certain artists or, but you know, I, I, even if like, let's say, say the artists are like, um, let's, for, for instance, let's say the artists are not known, right? Like, does it really matter if it still has all this other significance to it in terms right. of the name change and then the artwork? Um, mm -hmm. And then the fact that you have this like grassroots movement starting, like, I don't know if you know, but um, Makai White, which is a, he, he like co-created Occupy Wall Street. He owns a hash mask. He has, has his PFP on Twitter. So yeah, it's, awesome. it's a, you know, like I said, it's, it's like a unique, unique, very unique position in terms of like, this is the first project, I think the NFT project in the space that actually has a use case for like this type of like activity, right? Protesting, mm -hmm. trolling, mm -hmm. whatever you might call it um there's no other project that really has that so like i think that's where it cements itself in terms of significance um just just due to the fact that they were the first one to do dynamic name change on the blockchain and that's for sure that's a fact narwhal thank you so much for yeah, stopping man. by today if you want to let the people know where they can connect with you or find out more about hash masks uh sure. the floor is yours yeah, so th thank you for having me on today. Uh, everybody, if you want to just add me on Twitter, Boltide, at Boltide Narwhal, uh, please jump in our Discord. Um, if you have any questions, um, MassDAO is the Discord, and then also the Collecta server. Um, is, is, we have a, a brand, Collecta, and, and it has encompasses a hash mass in there. But uh, if you want to do all things community, just reach out to us on Discord at MassDAO. Sounds great, man. Thanks for stopping by. Hope to get an update from you yeah. in the future. Um, <laughs> Thanks, this man. is a big day for hash masks. For sure. For sure. I appreciate you having me on. All right, guys. Yes, definitely. Peace out. Have Thanks a good for one. stopping by. Peace. All righty. Yeah, that's a crazy, crazy situation that, that has been going on. Let's talk about these uh, Adidas NFTs real quick. And then we're going to bring on uh, a legendary trader, good friend of ours, Trevor, in, in just a second here. Um, but like, let me let me let me toss my screen up. So, Ryan, you've been following, uh, you know, the Adidas stuff. We've been we've been talking about it a lot. We got a comment in the chat asking, how much do you think the floor will be? Uh, so right now they're minting at 0.2 each, uh, and, and I checked the floor right before OpenSea went down, and they were like 0 0.6, 0 0.8, maybe even more. We'll have yeah, to but see. it's it's only the pre-sale right now, right? So only like mutant apes and board apes and a couple other people can actually mint these right now, right? Right, but 10,000 of them, you could see right here, 9,000 have already been minted, and that was in like the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes before they shut it down. So mutant apes were supposed to uh, be able to get early access, uh, but it turns out they messed up 
the the whitelist they messed up the snapshot so none of the mutants have been able to actually claim them like they were supposed to so this um, is classism this is classism <laughs> I, really, at its I can't say i'm surprised uh that adidas messed it up but i am very disappointed so they tweeted out 25 minutes ago uh early access not closed minting has been paused uh while developers investigate issues with mutant ape yacht, yacht club not being able to mint um and we saw like all the chats uh before they they posted this was just going crazy um that the mutants weren't able to get in and now that half of them are already gone, it's going to be crazy to see how they handle the situation. I mean, clearly it's not a, a quote-unquote fair release at this point. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to stay tuned to this. And hopefully if the minting is unpaused midstream, we'll be able to update you on that um, and, and come back with, with some more information. I mean, I, try, I really want to try to get one myself. So we might have to make it happen midstream. We'll have to see. But the floor is at 0 0.07 right now. Um, and yeah, I don't even know if they're revealed, but I think the art is cool. They're like trading cards and stuff. Like, I think that, uh, I think people are going to collect them at some point. And it also comes with access to four free, um, you know, pieces of, of real clothing in the future. Yeah. Do you think all these NFTs are going to be different? Because it seems kind of like an access token where they might all just be the same. I think that's possible. I'm not sure, honestly, but we'll yeah. see. I mean, I think all the value from these is going to be coming from the utility, right? And at point two ETH, it's pretty expensive. Yeah. That's like $800, but you mm -hmm. get so much merch from it. I think it's worth it, right? You get a, some track pants, a track suit, you get a hoodie and a beanie. And looking at the other merch for Board Ape Yacht Club, they go for like the hoodies go for like four to $500. And then like the t-shirts will go for $200. So I think you could make your money back just off of the merch with this one, which is pretty cool to see. Um, that being said, I mean, the price for this NFT might go down once you can claim that merch, right? Because then you won't be able to get it. Um, and that's a lot of the value too. They said that they're going to release some metaverse experiences for these NFT holders too. So there could be value there. It really depends on how they execute on that. Um, but I think most of the value is really going to be coming from this Adidas merch, which looks pretty cool. Logan, do you want to try and pull it up really quick? I don't know, um, maybe on Twitter or, or on an article. Um, but it's the one that the ape is wearing, right? So it's that tracksuit and then there, there's matching yeah. track pants. And then I'm most excited for the hoodie. The hoodie is sick. It's like a Ethereum mm -hmm. address and then there's a board AP logo on it. Yeah, uh, so this tracksuit right here. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh shoot, the G Money one. Let's see if we could find it on G Money. Um, okay, so this is the hoodie that you get which is sick it has the ethereum address it's got the g money logo board ape punks comics adidas and they're also doing uh the beanie the orange beanie from g money himself so that's hype yeah what are the odds that they actually put your ethereum address on it that would be so sick bro no way i mean i never thought about that as a possibility before right when i saw it that was the first thing i thought but i mean it would be a lot more expensive to do that so i doubt it but if they do that would just be so cool yeah oh shoot okay i uh was dming a, a, a follower a viewer of the show on twitter yesterday uh and he made one of the craziest promises i've ever seen uh in in my dms he said that if we could get 69 likes on today's stream homie's gonna get a moon or bus tattoo bro homie's gonna get Let's a moon go. or bus tattoo so go smash the like button right now 69 likes and it will be the first ever moon or bus tattoo permanent ink guys smash the like for the the most loyal moon or bust fan that i have yet to see 
Um, but yeah, we're going to keep That's you updated awesome. on that. We're going to check in and remind you guys in a little bit. But let's get into the trades right now. I'm bringing Trevor on. Trevor, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great today. Um, seeing Bitcoin going down, though, is, is not too good. No, you want to break it down for us? Like, what are you thinking? Uh, you know, this this morning I was pretty bearish. I really did not like the price action. I'm going to add uh, my screen to the stream here. And if you want me to change the, the time frames or anything, just let me know. Uh, but you're the, you're the technical analysis god, so I'll let you take it away. Yeah, so you see, like, today we had, like, the, a low of Bitcoin since that flash crash back on, I think, the third or fourth, right, uh, where it hit 42,000 briefly. Um, and today I think we... we hit around 45.5 which is pretty bad because it just shows that this this downtrend right is hitting mm -hmm. newer lows uh, as it goes on and you could kind of mm -hmm. see how there's this upper trend line um and then this lower trend line right where it follows um and yeah so if you draw it actually you see yeah like around there and if mm -hmm. you continue that line onwards it'll you'll see that it actually rejects this bottom trend line of previously so every time it's hitting the top of that trend line you just drew it was the bottom of the previous one right before the flash crash hmm. and, and that's pretty bad right it means that we're rejecting this this trend line that was a previous trend right and then the flash crash happened so it kind of confirms that that flash crash was um actually something that people thought should have happened and people saw the price going down pretty quickly yeah. um so as of right now right it's in a downtrend and a lot of people say oh buy the dip but um, if you bought the dip right, there's plenty of dips that you can see on this chart where it doesn't go much higher after that. And if you don't sell it quickly, then you're just going to be losing money. Um, and so with, in my opinion, like until you see a, a bullish sign out of Bitcoin, which would it would be breaking out of this trend line, um, mm -hmm. even retesting it um, and then going upwards after that. Um, I'm not buying until I see that just because um, I don't want to hold bitcoin while it's in a downtrend because no one knows how long that could last or that could yeah. last. So trevor are you are you not exposed to bitcoin at all right now then are you just um, no cash I'm, I'm in, yeah yeah i'm i'm in us dollar just waiting for the uh the opportunity to purchase back in when i see strength because right now it's it's, it's essentially a weakness so um what i do is i i'm gonna wait till i see strength and then i'll be purchasing it then and mm -hmm. i i am though looking in, at ethereum right because um ethereum btc which is um just like the price of ethereum versus btc has been going up for a for a long time and it, it was ranging in this range from around um if i'm looking at the chart right now the range was from around 0.055 bitcoin to 0.082 bitcoin right and it, it broke out of that level um after a while so that is pretty bullish to me for ethereum just because the last time this happened um, and we saw Ethereum outperforming Bitcoin significantly, right? We saw the run up of Ethereum from 1800 to 4400. And then um, we saw like it drop after that. But now we're kind of seeing this trend starting to happen again. Um, and if Ethereum continues to outperform Bitcoin, we're going to see a lot of the altcoins as well following it. Um, kind of similar to the 2017 run where we saw Bitcoin peak and then Ethereum peaked, I believe, 27 days after. So mm -hmm. if that were the case, um, we would see a lot of uh, alt coins and um, coins that aren't in the spotlight right now start performing very well because there's so much after these big sell-offs, right? There's so many people who have all this money after selling that they need to put into something at some point. And so they're looking for other uh, coins with strength to put it into. And, and until they do that, um, we're like, I don't, I would not purchase, but when you start seeing people buying these other coins, that's when you want to try to get in and 
make these trades that will you'll, you can make pretty quick profits on if we see like a, a true all season. Trevor, you're a pretty aggressive trader. Uh, could you overview like your general strategy? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, as I kind of said previously, right, you buy into strength and there's, if you look, there's a lot of patterns, right. That you could see in price action and trends, right. They're meant to be broken. And so when a trend is broken, that's when you see rapid price action rather either to the downside, right. Or the upside. Um, so like, for example, when you see that Bitcoin flash crash, um, that you just had up, right. Mm -hmm. That was the trend blo broke low so you see this quick price action downwards and so the same thing happens if it breaks above that right you get very fast price action upwards and so basically you want to be just be watching constantly for these trends and waiting to see um waiting for a trend to break and then if that trend is going to go up right if it's it's breaking to the upside of the trend then you you want to be buying then um just because um the way i mean the way that other people are doing it right when you're when you're trading you want to basically look at what other people are thinking like the best way to trade is to look at public sentiment look what other people are saying and then kind of gather the public opinion because then that allows you to make these trades based off what everyone thinks because in the end the price goes up when people think it's going to go up and down when people think it's going to go down and so um you want to basically develop that mindset where you think like everyone else and then use that to make good trades so when you say you're gathering the sentiment are you gathering the sentiment of you know the the facebook shiba inu traders or just like the the elite crypto twitter traders um how general do you go so um honestly i like looking at news articles and like even like reddit is, is good because it gives you a wide variety of people uh, if you're looking at like a, like r slash crypto um currency and such you can really garner a good public opinion and you'll see like um, a lot of, a lot of people will either be bearish or bullish and just, you, you kind of want to look at them and see a lot of people compare like these bull runs to previous ones and such. Um, and so when you see uh, these people doing that, right. And, then, and you look at the chart and you see positive price action. Yeah. The fear and greed index is another good one. Um, and you see positive price action, then that's like a good time to buy. And additionally though um another part of the strategy is kind of just looking at charts and seeing um if they're kind of differing from the current market right because we see all these coins are essentially following bitcoin in a way right like bitcoin goes down they go down but by like a higher factor um just because of the pairing of, of bitcoin to all these altcoins right um in general when bitcoin goes down these altcoins go down even more and so like right now, especially where the market's very bearish, you want to be looking for those coins that start moving a little bit differently and decoupling from Bitcoin and not really reacting to the, the downs and ups of Bitcoin, because those are going to be the ones that stand out to everyone else versus the, the ones that are just following Bitcoin and, and doing nothing interesting. So Trevor, the, the main reason that I heard for this crash was just uh, an over leveraged uh, in an uh, too much open interest to the upside. Uh, what what do you you know see as the cause of this crash? Well, yeah. So I mean, usually any flash crash, right, is is the result of, of Bitcoin falling below a price where people originally thought was support, um, and so they had a lot of leverage positions that would be liquidated around that area. Um, and so, like, when you see it go below like uh, sixty, right, and it crashes, is pretty hard. And then fifty was another big one because. The previous high of bitcoin when it was going up to 65 was was around 53 and then it crashed so a lot of people were very heavily leveraged at that support level of 53 52 000. and so the second that we saw it go below that 
um, we saw these longs starting to get liquidated and then people starting to fear that more would get liquidated. And so you'd see these, it, it, Bitcoin would fall pretty quickly, then go up a little bit, um, but not, not uh, beating its previous high and then falling again. And people would start getting scared. They start selling more. And then, as you said, like all these over leveraged positions start uh, having to, uh, to be liquidated because they're below their liquidation price. Mm-hmm. And then stop losses start hitting and it causes a, a massive flash crash where I think it was like, 20% maybe within like five minutes that Bitcoin lost all that value. And obviously it shoots up very quickly after. Um, but it was definitely the leverage positions as the result of a downtrend, right? That went a little bit too low. Interesting. And we see this big flush out of the open interest uh, mm-hmm. on the charts here from Glassnode. Trevor, do you use any on-chain analytics? Um, so I don't very much, um, just because I, I've just like looked at charts a lot and I really like just kind of looking at charts and seeing how price action is going. Um, so I haven't looked at many on-chain analytics, but I do like, I don't know if you've heard of whale alert. Um, it's, it's a Twitter channel. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have. Um, and like, it just kind of talks about, or it, it sends basically when there's big transactions with any given coin, um, it'll, it'll post it. And a lot of the times when you see these crashes, like a lot of the times it's very it's influenced by big holders of bitcoin right sending a bunch of bitcoin to exchanges and then you see people start selling even more quickly so that's another good metric you can look at when you have the feeling that bitcoin is going to be going down is you're looking at how many bitcoin are being sent to exchanges that will probably be sold so let's talk altcoins for a second do you have any picks for us today um so i mean as I said before, like I'm, I'm not buying anything until I see strength. Um, but I think that like obviously the metaverse coins like Sand, um, Mana, um, are, are are very strong picks. Um, and you you see like I constantly see these news articles of plots of land on on Sandbox or Mana selling for millions of dollars. And so people are gonna keep seeing these insane prices of, of virtual land and such, and they're gonna be they're gonna want to be a part of it, right? So you're gonna see. A demand for um, mana and sandbox um, in order to uh, purchase uh, like land and such. And so you'll see, I think at some point their downtrends are obviously going to end. And I easily think that both mana and sand um, within the next few months will, will hit their all time highs um, just because of the hype of the metaverse. And as we see more metaverse news coming out um, with Facebook working on it or meta working on it, um, yeah. I think it'll definitely perform very well. Okay, so totally a hypothetical scenario here. Say you have mm-hmm. 10 ETH uh, that you want to invest in the metaverse. Are you buying plots of land or are you buying just general uh, tokens? So, yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, I think, um, and one of my friends was talking about this yesterday. I think that I would probably buy a, a plot of land. If I were to, to purchase something where I'm going to hold it for a long time, it would definitely be a plot of land because um, we were talking about basically... Um, I'm sure, are you familiar with like a holdout, right? On a house where basically like the government or a company, right? Wants to buy a mm-hmm. plot of land because it's in a, a certain zone where they want to develop. Right. Uh, and so I think a lot of people on, who own land on Decentraland, Mana, on any metaverse platform, right? Are going to have the opportunity to sell these, these pieces of land to big companies that want to make like a city, like the Adidas city or whatever it may be. Because I know Adidas is very involved in metaverse. Mm-hmm. Um whatever it may be, right? They're going to be, want to purchase land next to each other. And so I think a lot of people are going to basically just hold that land and stay stern until the price gets very high. And so you'll see the price of these virtual pieces of land skyrocketing because 
you have so many big institutions who want to advertise or be involved in the metaverse trying to buy this land and then you have these people who want to sell it but for a higher price i think you're going to see the price of this stuff skyrocket very interesting trevor what else are you looking at these days is there anything else you want to talk about or share with us um i mean so as i said i'm watching ethereum right um i'm waiting for it to start kind of outperforming bitcoin and, and, and ignoring these dips that you see every day um but i mean other than that i like also um request recently par partnered with um sand um to settle transactions i believe and um request is a pretty pretty uh low cap currency um it saw in that day that it partnered with sand like a 400 percent increase um, and I think that at some point very soon that could happen again. I'm just waiting to to see some strength out of Rec because right now it's kind of just, it's in the zone of like 40 to 45 cents and not doing anything interesting. Um, that's definitely another one. Anything like these projects that are connected to Metaverse in any way, but not necessarily Metaverse themselves are very strong because you'll see a higher demand for those coins when Metaverse becomes more popular. And then as a result, the partnered projects, then coins become more uh in demand if i may and so your... sorry continue no i was gonna ask you another question if you're not finished with your thought then go ahead um yeah so i, I just like finishing up um i think that these projects that are related to the metaverse in any way um are very good uh, are very good investments as well just because you know in crypto a lot of price action is based on trends right you see mana going up sand um engine all these nft coins played out all going up um together and so but basically, I'm going to hop on those trends and purchase those coins within those sectors that haven't gone up yet, but are showing like strength potential. Mm -hmm. So you're like almost 100% a trader, right? Do you have any of your portfolio in long-term investments? So I'm I'm trying to basically when I do make money trading, I'll I'll put some um, I'll put some of the profits into like a long-term investment just because. I don't think it's a good idea to be kind of like trading with my entire portfolio at all times. So <laughs> I definitely, I mean, it, it's very tempting, right? But um, I definitely think that Ethereum is a great long-term hold. AVAX as well. AVAX, Bank of America just said yesterday that they believe that AVAX, the scalability of AVAX is um, uh, a viable alternative to Ethereum. So um, AVAX hmm. is another big one that we've seen perform very well recently. And even today, while everything is down, AVAX is up like 20%. So um, I, I think that AVAX is another really good pick that I would I would look into. Um, but yeah, other than that, I would pretty much just hold ETH long term just because I know that um, it's it's going to be the main um, smart contract platform for cryptocurrencies. And um, with the new burning mechanic, demand is going to keep increasing. So I can't mm -hmm. see it not going much higher in the near future. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that one. Trevor, you don't have to, to tell us, but what kind of gains have you seen so far in 2021? What kind of multiplier on your portfolio? Um, it's It's been pretty high. And um, <laughs> I, I think it's mostly because like a lot of the times these Coinbase listings, right, um, they, they, they go up a lot. And one of the easy things to do, right, is these listings. Um, what I like to see with them is once they're, they're listed, right, there's a whole new set of buyers. And so you see a lot. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. A positive price action in the weeks after, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think EVAX was listed on Coinbase at 68, and within the next few weeks, it was, or a few months, I would say it was then at like 150. We saw Solana get listed on Coinbase at $22, I believe. It hit two, $250. Um, and uh, these coins, right, there's so much positive price action. Jasmine as well got listed on Coinbase at, I think it was five, five cents. And it hit $3, or sorry, not $3, uh, 35 cents within the next few weeks. So what I like to do is, is look at these coins that have been listed and see how price action's gone with them. And usually you'll see them go up. Um, right away immediately on that day and then down um, because like you have the hype of the list and then they go down but then they slowly recover and um, so I like purchasing those a lot Um, and I mean the gains from them are are very strong so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say a number because it's hard to even like know which (laughs) it it was in the realm of like 5,000% at at a (laughs) so you're ridiculous man all right last question uh yeah, then we have another interview. Uh, so we had a, a, a follower reach out to me on Twitter yesterday, and he said, if this show, the stream today can get 69 likes, he'll get a moon or bust tattoo. Uh, so do you have any any recommendations, Trevor, on what this tattoo should look like? Any ideas for us? Hmm. Um, see, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of good ideas you could throw in there. Maybe like a Bitcoin, or the moon. You know, you, like there's the man on the moon. You, you see like uh-huh. a face on the moon. I, I think it'd be funny if, if it was a moon, um, but the man, or the face on the moon, was actually like uh, a crypto or, or Bitcoin or something. Yeah, um, could do that. Yeah, we got that moon or bust logo that I drew. That up. seems like a, a reasonable to choose tattoo. the location. We also get to choose the location. Should we just put oh, Ryan? It's, go, it's going on his head. No, all right trevor thanks for stopping by today uh thank you for all the alpha that you've shared with us is there anywhere that the audience can connect with you or are you not on socials at all um well so uh, yeah i have i've like instagram and stuff but um it's it's not like meant for crypto but um yeah i you i have like an email um so you can of course email me um and just private message me if you want to uh to chat and i would love to uh, talk all right trevor thanks so much you gotta gotta make a crypto twitter account uh, yeah, sure. for, for next time you come on. But mm-hmm. uh, that's it for today. Thank you so much for stopping by, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Logan. Later on. Peace out. See ya. All right, Ryan. Who do we have next on Lunar Bus today? Oh, well, we'll be talking to Cynthia from D Travel. Really cool girl making things in Web3. She started a DAO for D Travel. The travel token actually just came out, I think, a couple weeks ago. So we have a lot to cover. I think we should get right into it. 
All right, sounds good. So without further, oh wait, no, hold on. One one comment. Who wrong thought comment. it was a good wrong idea? Comment, to put these Logan. Don't put that on one on Benzinga. <laughs> oh boy. All right, Cynthia, welcome to Moon or Bust. Hey Logan. Hey Ryan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to on. have you on today. Where are you talking to us from? I'm currently in Vancouver, Canada, but I was just in Lisbon. I'm a bit of a nomad, so moving around. Mm. Hopefully, COVID doesn't stop me from following my nomadic dreams. Awesome. So before we talk crypto, Cynthia, I know you were an Airbnb host for seven years. Can you talk to us about that experience and maybe some of the issues that you set out to fix with your platform? Yeah, definitely. So I went to San Francisco in 2014. And that was obviously where Airbnb started, uh, learned about Airbnb, thought it was really, really cool, came back to Vancouver, and then decided to rent out a room. I was one of the first hosts in Vancouver. And at the time, it was super weird. My friends thought it was really weird because it wasn't even like a separate suite. It was this room. And then I had a get together and my friends were like, oh, there's a stranger in your room. And it was just like a bit awkward, even though I thought it was fine. Um, but I just fell in love with hosting from the beginning, but really struggled at that time to even understand what hosting was, what it meant to be on Airbnb, what it meant to be a good host. And so I ended up starting this forum with my husband um, because we wanted to solve our own problems of understanding what hosting was. Because if you Googled Airbnb or hosting at the time, there were a lot of scary stories like, oh, apartment trashed. Um, you know, it was just, I think there was like a lot of mm -hmm. what, what I would call fun. Um, but we really wanted to have a place where we'd bring a community together to actually learn about hosting. And so, um, you know, been a host for over seven years and I've seen the home sharing space obviously evolve a lot. And I think one of the problems we really want to solve at D-Travel is this idea of being community first, because I think home sharing has moved a bit away from that. And then also just even changing the dynamic between a platform and hosts and guests, because we really want to be bottoms up and involve the community from the beginning. And then because hosts and guests are really the ones that contribute the most value because they're the ones using the platform, we want to have them share in the benefit and growth of that. So um, I think that's a big part of what we're really trying to solve with D-Travel and giving everybody a voice and ownership. Ryan, you got the next so question. So Cynthia, how many properties are on D-Travel right now? Um, am I muted? Oh, nope. yeah. So Cynthia, <laughs> how many properties are on D travel right now? And I'm interested to know. I think he cut out. All right. I'll just take <laughs> I, this question. Okay, cool. How many properties are on D travel right now? Um, and are you seeing the most of your interest in adoption from, um, from renters or from the hosts? Yeah, so we actually just had a milestone. We have over 250,000 properties in over wow. 20,000 locations. And wow. so um, we've had like a massive support from the host community. And it's really interesting because, you know, uh, it's really surprising, actually, the crossover between hosts and people who are crypto natives. And mm -hmm. what I keep hearing from the community is this is something that I've been waiting for for so long. And I'm like so excited about this new kind of home sharing experience that you guys are enabling. Um, so I, I think there's just, there's a need that's been there for a while. And anybody who has been in the space for a while and has also been interested on the travel or home sharing side with crypto has heard of projects like Btoken. I was also an early investor, was super excited when they launched, but I think they lack the, the industry knowledge and expertise in how to actually execute on that vision. 
And um, I think the timing wasn't right, you know, infrastructure, crypto adoption, et cetera. But I think right now is really the perfect time where uh, we have this massive surge of people coming into crypto. We have a lot of interest in crypto, both from mainstream audiences, but also from institutions and brands. And I, I think it's just like the technology is at a place where we can actually scale and build a platform like this and get people to use it. So yeah, it's just been really incredible to see um, support from both hosts and guests as well, people who in the crypto world want a place to spend their crypto. What do you see as your biggest advantage as a platform over Airbnb besides the fact that I can you know, purchase the place in crypto? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's something we get asked all the time, you know, and and I, I'm going to say this over and over again, but we're not just another home sharing platform that accepts cryptocurrency. Really at our core, we're just building something completely different because of the DAO. And so from day one, we're saying we want to be community led, community owned, and everybody who contributes that growth, we have over 90 million um, TRVL that we've allocated to the community. So if you uh, are a host or a guest or even a community member, you can actually contribute to that growth and benefit from it. And so I think that's just a very different paradigm that doesn't exist in Web2. Like Web2 organizations and structures just don't enable those kind of relationships and incentive mechanisms, whereas Web3 does. And so being a native Web3 project, that means that we can actually do things like this, which I think just has such a different relationship between our hosts and guests and community members and us because we're building together rather than us saying, hey, we're going to build and then actually be the primary beneficiaries of this. Awesome. So the, the travel token just came out recently. Could you tell us a little bit about this? Uh, and then maybe we can get to the DAO in a, in a minute. Yeah, definitely. So we did launch our TRVL token on November 26th. Prior to that, we had it on four different launch platforms with MEXE, Bybit, Gate, and Pokestarter and had a massive support from the community. I think we had over um, 60,000 participants across all the different events. So that was just really exciting for us to see that kind of support from everybody. And then the tokens launched now. So um, you, can, you can get the token on uh, Gate, MEXE, Bybit, and Qcoin. And then we'll be adding more partners as well. So um, we'll be also adding a lot more utility. You can pay with TRVL, obviously, on DTravel. And then you can also pay with TRVL on uh, Travala, which is more focused on traditional hotels and flights. And Cynthia, sorry I, sorry I cut out earlier, but I'm no. actually interested in, in knowing about the, the tokenomics of the travel token, if you could speak to that just a little bit. Yeah. Um, anything specific you want me to cover just so that I can uh, focus just my like answer. the issuance rate, maybe uh, the, the max supply, like how you plan on using the tokens going out, moving over the next five years or whatever you have planned. Yeah, great. Um, so we have a billion in total supply and we're on Ethereum and BSC chain right now. Um, in terms of the different funds, so we've allocated 50 percent to different community funds and then 50 percent will um stay with the treasury essentially. Um, but because we are really community focused, uh, that's why we've actually allocated 50% towards the two community funds that we have. And as I mentioned earlier, we have 95 million tokens that will actually go towards the community to fund different growth initiatives. Because again, we really want to build with the community and we actually want to reward our early adopters for being a part of that. And then um, Oh, I think basically over five years, that's when the initial tranche for investors and uh, team members will get distributed. So it, it's a fairly long um, 
a long issuance cycle. Okay, cool. And, and when you talk about the treasury, just to clarify, you're talking about the community-owned DAO, not the actual company itself? Yeah, that's right. So the foundation holds um, about 50%, and then 50% will go towards two community treasuries. Okay. To fund different initiatives in the community. And more details will be um, shared on that, but one of the subcommittees for the funds is our host DAO. And so for anybody in the community who wants to put forth proposals that benefit D-Travel, then we'll fund those initiatives and um, obviously give the community a vote on what they want to see funded. Cynthia, how big are these DAOs right now? Um, how active are they? Um, and, and are they making hiring decisions uh, with the team that you work on? Yeah, so the first grant that we had was actually towards Genesis Partners, which is one of the contributors towards D-Travel. And one of the big focus for us for 2022 is around DAO infrastructure and tooling. For anybody who is obviously familiar with DAOs, there's a lot of infrastructure that has to be built, um, both on treasury management, um, participation, rewards, et cetera. Because I think one of the difficult parts is when somebody does contribute to the DAO, how do you actually reward them? And how do you ensure that the quality of the work that they're putting forward is what you expect? So those are the problems we're trying to solve initially. And then we do expect to have some proposals that are put forth early next year. And then we'll also obviously be involving the community through surveys, polls, et cetera, um, while we're starting to build out some of those initiatives as well. Awesome, Ryan. You want to ask about the smart contracts? Yeah, sure. I think we skipped the one before, but uh, so the travel token is built on Ethereum. It's an ERC twenty token. Uh, is the application also built on Ethereum? And if so, do you have any plans to get around some of those high gas fee problems right now going on within Ethereum's network? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Great, great question. So we do have a bridge to BSC. So um, you know, you can purchase TRVL on BSC right now. We are looking at different solutions as well for the payment side. One of the things that we're launching is our own D travel wallet. So that's one way to um, when we give guests who book through D travel, they get rewards on every booking that they make. And so they'll actually get those rewards in their in-app wallet. So that will help with some of the gas fees. And then we are looking into other potential solutions, whether that's like um, probably a layer two at this point, so that we can obviously uh, mitigate those gas fees because nobody likes paying a lot of money right. for that. Have you looked at Avalanche at all as well or just layer twos? We're considering many different options. Yeah, I think um, obviously there are a lot of really great solutions out there for both layer ones and layer two. And we have to think about what makes sense for us long term, um, what's going to be around, what's sustainable, what kind of community they have. Yeah, that all makes sense. What kind of tasks do smart contracts automate on DTravel's website? So right now we haven't um, incorporated a lot of uh, smart contracts yet, but then once we build out the DAO tooling, that's one of the things that we'll actually um, have. We're working on a really exciting initiative that um, can't talk too much about right now, but it's around getting other communities involved in voting for what they want um, as a payment option on DTravel. So say that that a host has like a, either like a password lock uh, for their unit uh, or like some lockbox pickup key. Uh, could you potentially use a smart contract to automate that um, where once the the renter deposits their funds, uh, then the you know the access to the room could be granted by the smart contract automatically? 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of options. One of the other things I've seen are NFTs. So you could issue a temporary NFT that gives you access to the unit. I think that um, there's definitely a lot of potential here. And over the next year, we'll see a lot of tooling for NFTs as well. So those are all things that we're exploring. And I think this is where the community fund will really come into play because Obviously, we want people who have a lot of experience and knowledge and passion in this area to contribute as well. And so we want to fund those initiatives, too. Awesome. And you guys have a premium member NFT, speaking of NFTs, already on your platform, right? So what kind of perks does this give owners of the premium membership? So we haven't launched this yet. We're still working okay. on what the NFT will look like. And um, one of the things that we're actually looking at is involving the community early on in what those perks might be. So, you know, obvious things are increased rewards when you make a booking if you're a VIP holder. Um, also, uh, different exclusive travel drops based on different listings from our platform. But you know, because we are community led, we want to involve the community to say, what do you guys think is valuable? So we're going to be um, doing that pretty soon. Very cool. And you guys also have something called the protection pool for hosts. How does this protection pool work? And how are some of these decisions made to allocate funds to hosts, say, if something goes wrong uh, with a rental? Yeah, great question. So this is actually one of the pieces I'm super excited about because it's one that we're innovating on. So for anybody who has hosted before, one of the really scary things is, you know, what happens if somebody damages my property? And because we have a lot of experience in the home sharing space, we wanted to make sure to give hosts peace of mind. So right when TRVL launched, we moved over a million dollars um, into a protection pool. And that basically offers property protection should there be any issues that arise from a booking. And the really neat part is that because we are a Web3 native project, we actually use DeFi to grow that pool over time. And then 1% um, of bookings will actually go into that pool as well. So there's basically two growth mechanisms. One is 1% of all bookings so that that fund continues to grow. But then additionally, we'll use DeFi to continue to grow that pool. So you have that sort of um, exponential growth from two areas. Cynthia, do I need to KYC myself to spend crypto on your website? Um, we're actually making a little bit of change to this. So one of the things that's really interesting about home sharing is that, you know, you are essentially inviting a stranger into your home and that comes with a lot of concerns. And right now we do have a KYC process if you want to book a guest, because we obviously want to make sure that both parties are protected. And I think with anybody who's purchased crypto, that's fairly common that you have to go through a KYC process. And we're looking at potentially, you know, how we can the the experience right now is actually fairly seamless we're using a product that makes it really easy to do that but we're figuring out ways to make that a little bit less intrusive but i think at our core trust and safety is really important and so we don't necessarily want to put our hosts in a place where they don't feel safe interesting so i definitely wouldn't want to spend any of my eth right now because i expect it to go up right so is could i use a, a credit card or a debit card are there other non-crypto ways to use your platform right now we actually have USDT. So, you know, if you wanted to spend stablecoin, you could do that. You could also spend TRVL. Um, but we're looking at adding fiat options later. Really, the focus for us is proving out D-Travel and understanding both our hosts mm -hmm. and guests um, from the crypto audience, because that's obviously who we resonate with initially. And it'll be a continuum where we focus on crypto native 
adopters initially. And then once we really understand that core user base and how they think about the experience of what they care about, both on the host and the guest side, then we'll start to bring in more mainstream people. Because I think, you know, if, if you try and explain um, the crypto side to them, it might be a little mm -hmm. bit complicated. So we want to really understand what people care about first and then mm -hmm. iterate on that before we bring in more mainstream people. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I was just about to ask a question like, do you think that the mainstream audience uh, will see the benefits of a DAO um, or all these crypto Web3 native um, aspects that you're incorporating? Um, but yeah, like, so what do you see as the most valuable right now? If you had to take a guess at, at what you would use to attract the retail audience, um, what would you say at this point? I think, you know, with with this explosion in DAOs and then also this focus on Web3 as a whole, I think people are really expecting this different relationship, right? Um, incentives being more aligned and really having that ownership and being able to drive different decisions. I think that's what really appeals to the people who are in crypto right now. And I think even with like the, this explosion in NFTs and people coming in this way, I think it's really about community and people being really fascinated by being a part of that. And so the DAO and having that ownership is really core to our value proposition and fundamentally how we're different. Yeah, and speaking oh. about the DAO, Cynthia, like what role does the DAO play within the ecosystem? And maybe talk about, you know, the, the treasury and, and how the DAO raises funds. Yeah, definitely. So um, in terms of the ecosystem, so with D-Travel, we have the DAO. Um, but one of the things we're also looking at is potentially travel is a huge opportunity. And so how can we look outside of just home sharing, but solve some of the other problems? And I think because we have this really ambitious goal of being the largest DAO, especially with more of a mainstream audience, one of the things we need to solve for is how do we make participation in DAOs, whether that's governance or voting or actually like contributing to it, how do we make it so easy and seamless that theoretically anybody can do it. And that's part of what we're focusing on for the next year. But things like our in-app wallet where you can spend it and it's just like any other digital wallet, you don't have to interact with the blockchain layer or you know, how do you vote maybe through our in-app wallet or some other mechanism that doesn't require you to figure out how to, um, again, interact with on-chain transactions. So these are some of the problems we're trying to solve. And I think when we figure out some of the mechanisms that we can use to solve this problem, a lot of other DAOs can use it as well if they want to bring in more of a consumer or mainstream audience. Um, and then in terms of how we're funded, so the different community funds will fund different growth initiatives. As I mentioned to Logan earlier, we do have our first grant that went to Genesis Partners, which is one of the entities that is contributing to D-Travel. And so um, the community funds will continue to gr uh, fund different initiatives. That's awesome. And how can you join the DAO right now? I know you said it's a little bit of a process, but if somebody wanted to join D-Travel's DAO, what's the process of doing that? So we'll be launching a Discord and that's going to be the best way for people to start getting involved and um, just really understanding what D-Travel and the DAO is about and put, uh, providing their input as well as where they want to see it going. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, you'll have to share a link with us uh, in case anyone out there wants to to get involved. Um, would you say that's the best place for hosts and renters to get started as well? Or um, where would you recommend that they go? 
Um, so I think checking out D-Travel is um, a good starting point. And then we have a Telegram channel right now. We'll, as I mentioned, we'll be migrating to Discord, but for right now, Telegram is one of the places. We also have a pretty active Twitter account. So for anybody who wants to see what we're about, what kind of updates we have, that's a good place to follow. And then we are reaching out to our host community. So we're doing interviews with them right now to understand what they care about, what kind of tools we can build that will really serve their needs, not just as another home sharing platform, but actually something that they would do differently that doesn't exist today. Awesome. Are there any other cool things that, that you guys are working on that we missed? Uh, anything else you want to share with us? The floor is yours. Awesome. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that's been really exciting to see is that obviously home sharing is a massive opportunity within um, within the crypto space. But I think travel as a whole is also a really massive opportunity and there's really not a lot happening there. So we're looking at other ways that we could potentially do more there. And um, actually one of the things that we didn't talk about, which I'm really excited about is our support to earn program. So this is for anybody who's a crypto gamer really into the Axie world. It's a play on that play to earn. And what we want to do with the program, which is funded under um, the community growth fund is really to involve the community in us scaling up. So when we have bookings, there's obviously going to be support tickets. And, you know, rather than hiring a team around that, we want to involve the community to get involved and then actually benefit from contributing their experience and their time. So that's something that we're working on fleshing out right now. And um, that's something we're super excited because it hasn't really been done. And I think this is solving one of those issues around how do you um, reward contributors in a DAO and do it in a way that is equitable, fair, transparent, and also automated. I think that's awesome. So when can we look to to see the full suite, full featured product uh, available for use? Oh, the, the booking platform is actually already live. So uh, you can book right now over 250,000 listings. And um, yeah, you can pay in TRVL and get rewarded on every booking. You can also pay in ETH, ETC, and USDT. Awesome. Thank you so much. If you want to give any last shout outs or tell the people where to, to connect with you personally, feel free. Yeah, um, we're DTravelled out on Twitter. And then uh, you guys shared our our website, dtravel.com. Um, feel free to reach out if you guys need anything. And uh, please definitely think about us when you book your next home sharing experience. Most definitely. And, and Cynthia, we'd love to, uh, to try out your product at some point. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. All right. Well, thank you for stopping okay. by Thanks today. Thanks so much. Yep. Okay. Have you. a good one. Bye. Bye. All right, Ryan, we didn't get our free trip. Dang it. Uh, it's in the works. Don't worry. It'll happen. Okay. D travel vlog to Ibiza. Uh, it'll be a great sponsorship for the show. Right. That's I, what I don't saying. see any way where this doesn't work out. We just use right? D travel from now on. Get some travel tokens, join the DAO and travel the world. Be nomads with Cynthia. Join the lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, no, I did forget to save for free. That would have that would have been key. Uh, let's let's see if there's any update on the Adidas NFT situation for you guys. Last minute, I know there's some comments out there uh, asking about it. So looks like right now minting is still paused. Uh, basically, what happened is, is they uh, messed up the snapshot. So the uh, mutant apes were not able to claim it like they were supposed to, and they didn't stop it until half of the pre-release uh nfts were already gone so it's going to be interesting to see if they can pull it back together 
at this point. Uh, but you know what I'm, I'm very disappointed about uh, is that we do not have 69 likes. And so our, our faithful viewer is not going to, to get the tattoo. Come on, guys. If we could just get uh, how many? We got 50 likes right now. We got 116 people watching. Okay. If we can get 19 more likes, uh, homeboy Mangeko, I don't even know how to say it, Mangeko.eth, uh, will get a moon or bus tattoo. Uh, we got to put Ryan's Twitter on his forehead. Come on, guys. Okay, four more likes. We just got him. Okay, 15 left. We have two minutes. Oh, shoot, guys. Hurry it's up. down to the wire. I am sweating buckets right now. I know, man. Me too. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll have to give it another shot next time. But, I mean, that's so much to ask of our loyal viewer here. We got 60 likes. Okay, nine more, guys. Nine more, and Mangeko will get the moon or bus tattoo. This is a big milestone for our show. Uh, and we need your help to make it happen. I'm going to keep we'll definitely have to, we'll here. definitely have to send him a swag pack. If he actually ends up going through with this, Oh, Just all the moon or bus merch. So he can yes. wrap every day. Alongside yes. his tattoo. Every single piece. Oh, he's getting nervous. He's getting nervous. 63 likes. Come on now. Oh, 62. Who unliked it? God damn it. Mom. uh okay so maybe uh i don't know i don't think that there's anything more important than than getting these likes at this point but if you guys have anything you want to talk about feel free to drop a comment we could we could chat about it in the meantime uh but smash the like hand on the bible mangeko is going to get a moon or bust tattoo if we can get four more likes four more likes wake up from whatever else you're doing we got a hundred people in here we can easily get it right now we're at 67 two likes two likes for the tattoo we have 30 seconds left in the show guys come on quickly 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 we need 67 still all right all the marbles are are resting on these last 15 seconds right now 68 come on guys one oh my god like. one more guys i gotta log one on more. to my other account <laughs> Maybe I need to go on and like it. Ryan, you didn't even like the stream. I didn't like it. That's cheating. I can't do that to my viewer. Uh oh. 70. We got it. We got it. We got it. This is hype. Okay. Well, it's definitely not going on his forehead. We can't be that mean. But no, we can't be that mean. But if but you guys we'll have any ideas, out. if you guys have any ideas for where we should get this tattoo on Mangecko.eth, uh, hit us up. Let us know. Where we will come back to you with more info uh, next time on Monday's episode. Proof or ban? Uh, just like Moon or Bust, he says he's getting it, and we're gonna have him on the show. <laughs> uh, we're gonna bring him on to to talk to us and maybe show off his tattoo if he's comfortable with it. Uh, but Adidas Originals just tweeted, uh, oh, dang it, unrelated to the NFT drop. Boo. I got hyped there for a second. But we got the homies in the chat. That has been Moon or Bust today. Thank you so much for 75 likes on today's episode. Y'all really made it happen. The Moon or Bust community is strong. Reach out to us on Twitter. Say what's up. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of the, the audience out there lately, so I'd be happy to, to, to reach out to you guys as well. Just, just tap in. Um, Ryan? Any thoughts for us before we close today's episode? I mean, you can always tap into my Twitter too. You know how it goes. But uh, yeah, no additional thoughts, Logan. It's been a good episode. I am very happy we got 69 likes. So that's awesome. And I'll, I'll see you Monday. Nice Peace watch. Out.